0: Of overflow and today's my privilege as it were to bring to a conclusion that we've been looking at over uh, the past uh, few weeks overflow you know the truth is that as God's children we know what it is for God's holy Spirit to be with us and for God's holy Spirit to be within us and I don't know really If we almost grasp what that means, that none other than God himself, for the person of his Holy Spirit is with us. What an incredible thing that is to know that in life, that no matter what we experience, that no matter what we go through, that we are not alone, but that God's Holy Spirit is with us that no matter where we go, that not only is God's Holy Spirit with us, but that God's Holy Spirit is within us. How incredible it is to know that God's Holy Spirit dwells within every single one of us who've been born again by the Spirit of God. And it's His Holy Spirit that leads us It's His Holy Spirit that guides us, His Holy Spirit that empowers and transforms our lives from what they once were into becoming more and more like the person of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. What a wonderful thing that is, that we are people who are Spirit-led and Spirit-filled individuals, who are not simply called to be containers of God's Holy Spirit. Rather, we are called to be channels of God's Holy Spirit. And that's how I launched off this series. You may remember how we had a big container and how we had the guttering that represented that we're not simply called to contain God's Holy Spirit, but rather we are called to be channels of the Spirit of God. And as we are these channels of God's Holy Spirit, that change and transformation can take place all around us. Because Ezekiel prophesied many years ago now, and he said that where the river of God flows, life grows. And it's when we are those people who are not simply containing the Spirit of God, but rather are the channels of the Spirit of God, that change and transformation takes place around about us. And I truly believe that as spirit-led and spirit-filled individuals, we can truly see the landscape change around about us because that's what water does. For those of you who've been watching the news over the past few weeks, as we've had floods in Worcestershire, have you noticed how the landscape has been changed and been transformed because of the flooding that has taken place? And I want to say today, church, there's a burning desire within me, and I'm sure within many of us today, that says we want to know, we want to see what it is for the landscape around about us to be changed and to be transformed for the Spirit of God that is flowing like a mighty river. That is a desire within us. And the book of Acts truly reveals what happens when individuals are flowing with the Spirit of God. They're flowing with the Spirit of God. You know, this week on Tuesday morning, I had the privilege of of sitting down with our regional leader, uh, Paul Hudson, quite early in the morning. And uh, we just had a a coffee together and was talking about a whole lot of different things. But as we were talking, we were saying there's a longing within us that says we want to see a move of God in our day. We thank God for the moves of God that have taken place in the past. And I've had the privilege of being part of some of the moves that took place about 25 years ago now. But in many ways, we're still looking back on what may have happened 20 or 25 years ago. We keep on referring back to the Welsh revival. We keep on talking about what happened in the Hebrides. We talk about all the things that have happened in the past. But I want to tell there's a cry within me today that says, God, we need to see a move in our day. We need to see a move of the, your Holy Spirit working in such incredible ways. But I want to tell you that I believe that the move that we need to see in our day isn't simply with the great revivalists, as it were with just individuals like some of the people that may come to your mind right now. Like We've seen in the past the Wesley men who were used by God in a dramatic and such a wonderful way. We think of people like Reinhard Bonnke. We think of people like Evan Roberts. And we think of those individuals. But I want to say there's a longing within me that says, God, let us see a move in our day where it's not about one or two individuals, but it's about the whole of the church be mobilized for the Spirit of God that is at work in us and work with us, that we will see God move in ways like we've never, ever heard about before. And that is the desire of God, I believe, that God wants every single one of us not simply to be waiting for the move, but to be part of the move, for us to be part of the move of the Spirit of God. For all of us to be swimming in the river of God. That all of us would be those channels wherever we go. That we are continually overflowing with the Spirit of God. You know, a lot of us, we don't like mess, do we? And it's almost like our lives, we say, God, fill me. God, fill me. God, fill me. God, fill me. And it's almost like we get to the top and we say, okay, God, that's great. I'm now full of your Holy Spirit. But I believe that we are living in a time right now where God is saying to us, I don't want you just to be full to the top. That if somebody knocks you, that you may spill a little bit over their lives. But I just believe this is what God wants of our lives. He just wants our lives to continually be filled up and overflowing with the very Spirit of God in our lives. You know, there's a prayer that we're going to focus on today that will be on the screen for you right now. That Paul prayed for the church in Rome. And it's found in Romans chapter 15 and verse 13. you've got your Bibles, please turn to it, even though that verse is on the screen today. It's a bit of beef I've got right now. We are not opening our Bibles like we used to open our Bibles. And I don't mind if you open it on your tablet or on your phone or wherever it may be. But let's turn to that passage of Scripture right now, Romans and chapter 15. And I'm going to read that one verse to you, but keep it open because I'm going to look at some other verses. And this is what Paul prayed for the church in Rome. He said, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The New and Living Translation version puts it like this. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. This was the desire of the Apostle Paul for the Christians in Rome. That they would be a people who would continually be overflowing with hope. In other words, they would be individuals that would overflow with faith for the future. That they would have an expectant faith of something better that was greater than they'd experienced in the past. That they would continue to trust. They would continue to believe. And they would continue to dream. And here the Apostle Paul was looking out for these people in Rome. And he was saying to them, I pray for you that you would overflow with hope, that you would have an expectant faith for the future, that you would begin to dream once again and have a greater hope that something is able to change in the present and also in the future. And I truly believe that if the Apostle Paul was writing to his church today in King Standard in Birmingham, in Manchester, in London, in Australia, wherever it may be today, that I believe that Paul was, was desire and prayer would be the same for us, that we would be individuals that would overflow with hope, that we would have an expectant hope for the future, That we would expect something greater than we're experiencing right now. That we would keep on believing. That we would keep on dreaming for something that is better than we're experiencing right now. I believe that's what God has a desire for every single one of our lives. Because you know the God that we love and the God that we serve is able to do abundantly more than we can ask or imagine according to his glorious power that is at work in our lives. And therefore there should be something within us that keeps on bubbling up as it were. That keeps on rising up from the very depths of our being that there's something more in God. I nearly got up and then I got... Uh, distracted and got let out, as it were, which I may talk about in a moment. But I nearly got up because we were singing a song, Waiting Here for You. And you know, in in September here, we had two weddings that took place. And we were waiting, as it were, for the bride to arrive. And I want to tell you that there was an expectation and there was something within us that the bride was going to arrive. And you know, the truth is that when we come together, we should have an expectation that none other than the King of kings and the Lord of lords is just about to demonstrate his glory and his power among us. Come on, church. We've got to believe for something more than we've seen right now. We can believe for the miraculous. We can believe for the signs and wonders. There should be a hope within us that we are not simply going to go through the routine or go for the mundane because he is a God who is able to do abundantly more than we can ask or imagine. You know, the thing about the Apostle Paul was that he made it very clear that God is the source of our hope. He said God is the very source of our hope. In other words, it's God who is the flow into our lives. And therefore, we need to keep connected to the source of who is God. Because if we disconnect ourselves from the source, eventually we will run out, as it were. There will not be anything overflowing in our lives because God is the source of our lives. God is a God of hope. And therefore, the more that we are full of God, the more that we are full of hope. The more that we are connected to the source, the more there is a flow into our lives. So of me be aware that I used to be a plumber. Don't call on me these days. But I used to be a plumber. And I know that you could never have an overflow if there was no flow. And the truth is that so often... We want to have an overflow, but we're not willing to be connected to the flow. We're not connected to God. It's that whole picture that Jesus talked about in John 15, that I am the vine and you are the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. And that's why we're called to abide in the person of Jesus Christ. And it's when we are connected to God, the God of all hope, that we can know what it is for that hope to begin to overflow out of our lives. And it's when we are full of God. It's when we are full of hope that our lives are filled with joy and they're filled with peace. I want to tell you if ever our world needed people who are full of joy and peace, they need it today. We live in a world where so often joy and peace is not characterized in so many people's lives. And yet I want to tell you as followers of Jesus, as people who know what it is for the Spirit of God to be abiding in our lives, our lives should be lives that are characterized by joy and peace. And that doesn't always come natural, but it is a supernatural work that takes place by the Spirit of God Almighty. Paul made it very clear that if we know what it is to be connected to the God who is the God of all hope, if we are connected to the source, that our lives will be characterized by joy and peace as we are trusting in God. He says we trust in God that our lives are filled with peace. He says we trust in God that our lives are bubbling forth and overflowing with joy. You know, trusting in God activates hope in our lives like nothing else does, which then means that joy and peace is continued bubbling up in our lives. do not about you, but the times I lose my joy and I lose my peace. It's the times when I stop trusting in Jesus. It's when I choose to trust in my own understanding. It's when I choose to trust in my own resources that I begin to lose my joy and I begin to lose my peace. Trust and in God activates it. It's like it turns on the tap as it were in order for it to flow into our lives. And I truly believe that God says to so many of us today, you want to be overflown with hope. You want joy and peace to be evident in your life. We need to be people who keep on trusting in Jesus, even when things are really dark and when things are really difficult. You know, the enemy will do all that he can to turn our attention from the source of all hope. He will do all that he can to turn our attention from trusting in God. That is what the enemy always seeks to do. He will seek to distract us. He will seek to divert us. He will seek to take our attention away from God. And that is why the enemy will so often seek to turn us away from the word of God Almighty. If the enemy can get us away from God's word, he knows that he's on a winner. If the enemy knows that he can stop us from opening up the word of God and living it out in our lives, he knows that he's on a winner. And that's why he will do what he can to distract us away from it. You know, Paul knew this. And that's why in chapter 15 and verse four, if you'd like to turn to it right now, this is what Paul says. Everything that was written in the past was written to teach us that through endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. What was Paul really saying was that all of this has been written for us in order to encourage us to keep on enduring, to keep on going, to read of the incredible miracles of what God has done in the past, Because right now you may need a miracle in your life. You know, you may look around you and you may not see any miracles that are happening right now. God says, go back to my word, because in my word, you will see that I am a miracle working God, that I am a God who's performed miracles in the past. And I am the God who says, I am the God who never, ever changes. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. If I did it in the past, I can do it in the present. If I provide for you yesterday, I can provide for you today, and I can provide for you tomorrow. Therefore, get into the Word of God, because it's the Word of God that will cause you to keep on enduring. It'll be the Word of God that will cause you to have hope, even in the darkest of times, even in the darkest of moments. The Scriptures reveal just how powerful and how great God is. It reveals that God is a promise maker and he is a promise keeping God. In other words, to keep our hope levels up, we need to be soaked in God's word. We need to be soaked in God's word. We need to be soaked in scripture. That at times, you know, we feel like we cannot do this and we need to remind ourselves, you know what? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. At times you feel like you're being conquered and you go, no, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who loved us and gave his life for us. We feel like we cannot do this any longer. We feel all alone. And yet we remind ourselves of what the word of God says when he says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. You feel like all the resources have gone and you've trusted in God and it hasn't happened for you. But you know that the word of God says, my God shall supply all of your need according to the glorious riches that are in Christ Jesus. What does that do? It begins to turn around that seed of doubt, that seed of hopelessness into our life. It causes something of new hope to rise within us because we are choosing to trust in God, even in the midst of it all. And there are times when we need to do as the psalmist did. What did the psalmist do? He spoke to himself. And you know, sometimes we're waiting for everybody else to talk to us. We're waiting for everybody else to give us a word of encouragement in order to bring some of hope to our lives. But you know, sometimes we need to speak to ourselves. And this is what the psalmist said. In Psalm 43 and verse 5, he says, Why, my soul, are you so downcast? Put your hope in God. Put your hope in God. And there's times in all of our lives when we need to just speak to ourselves and we need to give ourselves a good talking to. And if you need to look yourself in the mirror and point the finger at times and say, come on, why are you so downcast? Why are you so downbeat right now? You need to put your hope in God. And that's what the psalmist did. He began to speak to himself. And I believe as we begin to do this, that hope will begin to flow again. And it may be that for some people in this place today, you just got to that place where, I'm going to point back into here. That your life right now, you know that it's just raining right now. And it's almost like your life is just almost empty of any kind of hope. I want to tell you today that God is still the God of hope. He's the God who still wants to fill our lives. He's not a God who says, well, you know what? You've messed up and you know what I mean? You haven't come to me for so long. I'm just going to leave you over there. God says, no, if anyone's thirsty, let him come to me and let him drink. Out of his being shall flow rivers of living water. If anyone's thirsty, let him come. And I believe that people in this place today, and you know that right now it's almost like your hope levels are so low. It's almost like you've been driving along and and you've been ignoring the fuel gauge of your spiritual life. And you've just kept on going and you've kept on going. And there's been lots of pit stops that you could have stopped along the way. So many fuel stations, so many times when there's been invitations to to come to God's words. There've been invitations to know what it is for people to come alongside you and pray for you. Invitations just to soak and dwell in the very presence of God, and yet you've ignored those invitations. But God says today, I'm a God of grace, I'm a God of mercy. I'm a God who just wants you to to know the abundance of the life that I came to give you, the life I came to bring you. And therefore, just come to me because I am the God of hope. Allow me to fill you with my Holy Spirit that your life can begin to overflow again. How does even sense for me today that God just wants to whisper into somebody's heart and into somebody's life that your story's not over? Your story's not over. Your story is not over. Is not over. That even though you know that your life hasn't been characterized by this joy, has been characterized by this peace, hasn't been characterized by this hope of an expectant future in God, it's not the end of the story. Because God is into writing fresh chapters in our lives. Fresh chapters in our lives. You know, the truth is that when our lives are filled with hope and they begin to overflow, it will be seen in our language it will be revealed in the way that we speak. And not only in the way that we speak, you know, also in the way that we act. I've got to be honest, there's times in my life. I remember somebody saying to me a few years ago, I actually know who it was, that your jar, your glass is never half empty. It's only always half full. But you know what? They're not right. Because sometimes the truth is that for for me, there can be times when my language isn't one that's filled with hope. That even the way that I live my life out isn't always a life that's characterized by a man who's filled with hope. But I'm so glad that in those times when my language and my life is displaying a lack of hope, that I can come back to the God of all hope. And that I can begin to trust him once again. And as I begin to trust him once again, that my life begins to overflow with confident hope. You know, we will not be able to stop ourselves overflowing with the one that is in us. Christ is the hope of glory. And he's the one who lives and dwells in our very being. Colossians 1 verse 27 says, he is... The hope of glory. And God wants us to be those individuals that, yes, are overflowing with hope. That we affect people wherever we go. You know, I'm fighting against it right now. Because our generation, our world right now is becoming so isolated. Becoming so isolated. That's why, church, we need to be those individuals that do not isolate ourselves from the people in this world right now. Because they need what we have. They need Jesus. And very often, the only Jesus they're going to see is through you and through me. And God says, I want you to overflow. I want you to overflow. And I'm going to come to a conclusion right now. I'm going to ask the team to come back. But how do we continue to overflow with hope? You know, I honestly believe as We do as the writer to the, the Hebrews said in, in Hebrews 12 and verse 2. He says, fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. I just wonder today. I don't know what time it is. We have got a bit of time. I just wonder if this needs to be one of those pit stops today. If it needs to be one of those occasions where, you know, you're driving down the motorway. And it says these words that I couldn't understand many years ago. Tiredness can kill, take a break. Sometimes you see those signs that says, this is your last opportunity for fuel. And sometimes we just keep on going and we keep on going. But I believe that we've even got a few moments here today that says, God, I just need to come to you. And it may even be that in these moments that you need to soak yourself in the promises of God. This is me being really vulnerable right now. I was at my mom and dad's on Wednesday night. I went to see my dad who was not very well at all. And I sat there and my mom said, um, you haven't seen the interview of Harry and Meghan, have you? And I went, no. And my mum put the interview on that took place of Harry and Meghan and we began to watch it. And many of you have probably seen it, it was in South Africa. And I said to my mum, I said, you've been there mum, haven't you? She said, yeah, I actually climbed up Tabletop Mountain and looked down from there. And I sat there and I said, mum, you know what? You and dad, you've been to so many more countries than I will ever, ever go to. And my mom said, what are you talking about, Jonathan? I said, why are you limiting yourself right now? And you know what? In that moment, I was reminded of some of the promises that God made to me over 20 odd years ago now. And I had to remind myself. And he went home. Sam and the, the family were down in Swansea last week. And I went home and I just remembered this pushing the wardrobe door mirrors, and I saw myself in the mirror. And I almost felt like I looked at myself and said, don't you forget what God has said. Don't you forget what God has said. And that's me being vulnerable today, just to say that to you, because the reality is we all get to that place at times where the enemy wants to bring us down and wants to bring us under. And that's why, like I said before, we need to speak to ourselves like the psalmist did at times. it says, why are you downcast? Oh, my soul, put your hope in God. So I don't know what we're going to do right now, apart from stand, because you've been sat down for quite a while. But can we just stand in his presence just for these few moments? We haven't got loads of time, but we've got a bit of time. But just as we are, are, are in this place right now, it's a place where we can be open before God, and maybe we can be open before each other as well. And the truth is that we know better than anybody else knows, apart from God, where our levels are right now. But wherever our levels are, God says there's more to have. (laughs) There's more flow to have in your life. And maybe today there are some decisions that we need to make in this place that says, I'm going to reconnect. I'm going to reactivate by choosing to trust in God. And maybe there are some people in this place that this is your time to take that pit stop, as it were. This is that time to come to God and say, God, I just need you to fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit. To stir something afresh within me, to stir something new within me today.